Hey, folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, to concerts, to all types of shows. My favorite feature is the speed. Maybe you decide like last minute. Hey, I'm by the Rose Garden tonight, or they call it the Moda Center now, or oh, I'm by the Target Center, or oh, I'm by Staples Center. There's a game. I bet I can find tickets real quick. You can be outside in line waiting to get through security. It's two taps on that app, and you already have tickets purchase it's so easy to do they find you the best deals and make sure you get up to 60 percent off you got to use the game time app it's the best way to do it now the game time app is hooking you up for the holidays with ten dollars credit here's what to do download the game time app in the google play or the app store click on the my ticket section of the app create an account then under the billing section redeem code the athletic once again, that's The Athletic, all one word for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, everybody. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So you only got a couple of weeks left to get that easy, easy credit. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets with game time. Welcome to the Daily Ding. On the Athletic Podcast Network. Yo, yo, what's up? Kenny Smith in Rap City. I always want to be in the basement in the studio. I got backspin. We gonna do our own freestyling here without big take. Hold on, hold on. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. What? What? Yo, cause when it comes to flavor, see you can't taste mine. So don't waste time, cause I can take you baseline to baseline. I got loot. See, I see how them stars feel. Back in the days, I caught wreck in the tar here. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse flush and ain't that a smooth one. This how it goes. When I hoop, I have no friends. Oh, Tyler know his ass should have got thrown out. If I was a ref, I would have tossed his ass. How dare you? Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Friday morning. We've got all your coverage from a star-studded Thursday night in the NBA. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Mike Borkinov with Rob Lopez. Figuring out how to, you know, make the ribbon on the Christmas present do that, like, kind of curly thing that makes it all look uh, look all good and stuff. Coming up on today's Daily Thing, jazz music hasn't stopped yet. The Raptors are going extinct, and we've got Hall of Fame hopefuls. But first, we got the matchup we've finally been waiting for, Mike. Bucks 111, Lakers 104 in Milwaukee. No Kuzma in this game. Anthony Davis returned after missing the Lakers-Pacers game. Lakers coming off a loss, came in there, were getting shellacked early on absolutely beaten down and then they came back Anthony Davis a huge second half 28 of his 36 points came in the second half he also had 10 rebounds five assists three blocks in this one LeBron James Mike did he have a bad triple double like is that possible because <laughs> he wasn't terrible I don't want to I don't want to like crap on LeBron here uh you know he had 21 points but 8 of 19 shooting 12 rebounds 11 assists those seem like you know pretty solid numbers but I just didn't feel like he had a great game in which he imprinted himself on this I felt like Anthony Davis did that I feel like Giannis obviously did that which we'll get into in a little bit but for whatever reason LeBron you know 9 of his 11 assists came in the second half so he was moving the ball I wanted him to take over more yeah I think maybe it's cuz it was the way two turnovers there maybe it's cuz like it never felt like it was his game Usually when he has like a big triple double, you're left saying, damn, LeBron really took that thing. Uh, it just wasn't that way for him tonight. Giannis got the better part of him. And, and Anthony Davis was the, you know, 36 points and 17 times at the free throw line was the go-to guy for the Lakers tonight. Yeah. And we'll get to Giannis in a second, but I, what I was marveling at in this game. And even when the Lakers kind of got things going is there's no, 
there was no flow to the offense. There was no movement. There were no plays, right? Like it was a lot of one-on-one. It was a lot of like just little action, but the bucks packed the paint so much. Lakers didn't really seem to have a way to pivot away from that. Um, you know, Rondo had five turnovers in this game in 18 minutes off the bench had just two points, but we, we didn't see a lot of great Lakers offense, just some superhuman efforts by, by Anthony Davis and LeBron a little bit with the passing, but mostly AD I'd like to see more from the Lakers and just creativity. I think it was because the Bucks did such a good job at protecting the rim. I, I thought like LeBron, I don't know if you noticed this too, a lot of his stuff was kind of step, uh, step backs, his stuff from the perimeter. We, we didn't see him go to the rim, break a defense down, and make a pass out to somebody for a three or feed Anthony Davis. And I think because they couldn't do that, everything just felt more stilted. I mean, the offense for the first half of the Lakers just wasn't there. The, Bucks were doing such a good job defensively. It didn't feel like a LeBron team. It didn't feel like a team with, you know, two of like the top five guys in the NBA playing together. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of stilted, Giannis looks like he's on stilts. That guy is tall. That guy is amazing. That guy put on an imaginary crown at one point. He was killing. The three-point shot shooting is legitimate at least this month. So he had 34 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 11 of 19 from the field, 5 of 8 from deep, had one 30-footer at one point that was incredible. This month, Mike, 21 of 47 from three-point range. That's 44.6% in the month of December. But a reminder he was 28% before the month of December. So maybe we don't just crown him with that. Oh, now he has a three point shot. He has a three point shot this month. I don't know if that holds moving forward, but you could not have asked him to do more in this game. He was ridiculous, right? Like that was a crown he was putting on his head. I was, that wasn't crazy, right? That was, that's what he was doing and that trying had to, to have been, make right. fun of LeBron. Maybe it was a tribute to Jesus because it's Christmas time. I don't know what it was, but there, there was something going on there uh, that felt like a crown. LeBron was asked how hard it is to defend Giannis, and he just uh, he just tipped his cap when he when Giannis is hitting threes. He just tipped his cap. Uh, Bucks as a team could not miss fifty percent from the field in the first half, forty four percent from deep, led by nineteen at halftime. Their biggest lead was twenty one. Uh, speaking of twenty one, George Hill had twenty one points off the bench, seven to twelve shooting. I thought Wes Matthews was great in this game defensively. Uh, I thought Chris Middleton was great in this game on both ends of the floor, and they didn't have great numbers that that just blew you away. Middleton had 15 points on 10 shots. Uh, you know, Wes Matthews had 13 points on nine shots, three of seven from three. Uh, but both those guys, I just thought their defense was phenomenal on LeBron James. Yeah, I think the, really the difference was those guys playing well and the threes from Giannis, like you said. I mean, he's not going to hit five threes every night. I mean, sometimes the Bucks are lucky if he hits one three a night, right? And that, that's going to be kind of the difference between a big blow, like the the Bucks had for about three quarters there and a real tight game or maybe even a loss. But if they can get that kind of production from like the rest of the team, Brooke Lopez had four steals and three blocks and 10 points. Like that's a really deep team. And that makes up for the fact that, um, you know, maybe Giannis doesn't get it going every night. Yeah, absolutely. Danny Green was great in this one. 7 of 12 from deep, 21 points. Uh, KCP was actually pretty good, 18 points, but no bench scoring at all for, for the Lakers. Just four bench points. Bucks had 34 bench points. Uh, and the Bucks, Mike, doing it with the one star. It's a two-star league, but he, they're just doing it with the one guy. Yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised. You know, I thought the Bucks would take a step back this year because they lost Brogdon and everyone else is kind of buddying up. Uh, but the Bucks seem better this year and everyone else has two stars and like, Giannis is doing it on his own. I don't know. It, doesn't that seem odd to you? Just the fact that he's able to be so dominant in the Bucks, it might be the best team in the NBA and he's doing it alone basically the, from a start. This was where I'm obligated to say just so Milwaukee doesn't yell at us. Uh, Chris Middleton made an all-star game last year. So, you know, two he, stars. he did. Is he yeah. a star? Well, I mean, you know, he's paid like one. So why not? 
the uh, Lakers 18 turnovers in this game. It is the first loss of the season for them when they turn over at least 18 times. They were 7-0 before this one. Back-to-back losses for the first time this season for the Lakers. The Bucks have still yet to lose two games in a row. Other big game of the night, Rockets 122, Clippers 117 in Los Angeles. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Montrez Harrell controlled the first half. Clippers are just destroying, destroying the Rockets, making it look laughable. This team can't play with the Clippers. Uh, they're down 17 at the half. They're just nothing they can do. And then Mike, uh, you know. Russell Westbrook went off in the third. James Harden went off in the second half. They put on a incredible display of offense. They made defensive plays. Uh, I thought Kawhi Leonard was horrendous down the stretch in this one of a very contentious game. And James Harden just led a he led a run, a 15-4 run after they went down six in the fourth um, over the last 420 of the game that put this one away and, and put the Rockets in control. And it wasn't really actually a lot of a lot of tension or pressure down the final two minutes of this game because the Rockets just went on a huge run. Yeah, and I thought this was the type of thing that wasn't supposed to happen to the Clippers because they had Kawhi and they have Paul George and they have this great defense. But like Westbrook with 40, they make a big third quarter run. You, like you said, they made a late run too to ice it. And that was just a really impressive offensive display, especially from the way that Westbrook uh, kind of took over the mantle for the night from Harden. Yeah, absolutely. And and so we had we had a couple of skirmishes in this one. Patrick Beverly got into it with Ben McLemore. They both got texts uh, after, after Patrick Beverly fouled out. Um, in that game, he and Westbrook got into it. So they got double texts and then Beverly was no longer in the game, but he, then he had to leave the bench. He had to go back to the locker room. Uh, we had Lou Williams get ejected in this game for, uh, not liking how the referee was talking to him. He got in the referee's face, a uh, very, very angry game. But, uh, the thing I took away is one, Russ was fantastic Two, James Harden was great down the stretch and three, um, Kawhi. Kawhi was just isolating a lot, like a lot against PJ Tucker. And it was bad offense like that was that was the type of hero ball that we usually rip apart right and but except it's quiet so i guess we have to like not rip it apart but i mike i just thought he was terrible yeah it wasn't it wasn't good for him and it's it's weird usually he's so efficient when he does that too like if you remember in the postseason with toronto last year it just worked for him i, I mean sometimes he'll have bad nights but even if that that jump shot falls for him or you get to the rim or whatever i just don't think it's a winning strategy in the long term especially because the clippers have the talent to help him out he doesn't need to do that so i got a question for you did russell westbrook turn this game around with his play or with the delay to check baskets at halftime because he wanted to make sure everything was regulation and proper dimensions. There was a huge delay to start the second half and it maybe it turned out to be correct. Maybe he got things fixed and that's why maybe he should do this every game, Mike, maybe he should delay the second half every single game. Cause he'll go off. Do you think that was OCD or do you think that was gamesmanship? Like he was messing with the Clippers head. Why not both? Maybe it's both. You know, we had the remember the Super Bowl with the Ravens and the 49ers. There was a that, you know, blackout in the stadium and all of a sudden the 49ers came back. Maybe that's, you know, they didn't win the game, but maybe that's what it is. Maybe you just need to delay second halves and you can become a, a winner in this or at least make a huge run to get back into games. I think this is a strategy that we will see copy copied throughout sports. Just delay things. I don't know how it works in baseball, but you got to delay some kind of half inning. Uh, why not? I, I think uh, baseball has to put in a pitch clock. Maybe the NBA is going to have to try to do something again about these rockets trying to bend the rules. 
There you go. Uh, James Harden, 28 points, 10 assists, six turnovers in the game, but was eight of 16 from the field, five, 11 from deep seven to 10 from the free throw line. Russell Westbrook, 40 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, eight turnovers, but he was, he was great. I mean, 13 of 31 from the field. It's a lot of shots, but he was 12 of 13 from the free throw line. Super aggressive. They combined for 46 second half points on 23 shots. Uh, PJ Tucker, Daniel house and Austin rivers each had 10 points. Clint Capel, 16 points, eight rebounds and four steals for a huge rockets win in LA. All right, Mike, let's get to the news everyone needs for Friday and the weekend. We got some not great Raptor news. All right. We know Marcus Saul is hurt. He has a strained hamstring. He's out indefinitely. Uh, Norm Powell has a left shoulder injury. He's out indefinitely. Now, Pascal Siakam has a stretch groin. I'm guessing it's too stretched. He's out indefinitely. Uh, is it time to panic if you're if you're north of the border right now, Mike? Man, it's not time to panic because they'll probably still make the playoffs, but I don't know what they do now, especially the trade deadline coming up. Um, the Raptors always seem like a team that might be in like a selling mode just because the way that the roster was. And we didn't think that Pascal Siakam would take another leap. But what happens now if you're on the fringes of the playoff race instead of uh, trying to get that number two seed like they were like a week ago? I, I don't yeah. know what they do. Yeah, I mean, luckily it's like they're not going to fall to the magic and the Pistons right in the Hornets level of, of the East. So I think they'll be okay. They got a little bit of a cushion now, but that first round home court advantage is a big deal, right? And if they get any kind of slippage, I mean, they've had some guys step up with Terrence Davis and Chris Boucher and stuff when they've had injuries, but they've had this, the, you know, this many injuries so far. So I think that's going to be, it's gonna be a tough thing. And, and you know, uh, Pascal coming back will be huge if he can get back quickly. Uh, but Masai Jerry may have some, uh, some tough decisions to make coming up. Uh, speaking of a tough decision, maybe it was an easy decision. James Wiseman, a projected top five pick in the 2020 draft, decided to withdraw from the University of Memphis amid an NCAA uh, suspension that was BS and an investigation into potential rules violations. He had missed seven games. He was expected to return on January 12th. He's now leaving the school. He's going to train for the draft. Good for him. Screw the NCAA. Throw that system into a into a dumpster fire uh, at all costs. And then the 2020 Hall of Fame ballot was announced. So we got the big guns here. We got the big guns. We got Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and Chris Bosh headline the class uh, for the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. But then we got some other ones. We've got Sean Marion, Michael Finley, Mark Eaton, Buck Williams are new to the ballot. Chauncey Billups, Mark Jackson, Tim Hardaway, Richard Hamilton, Chris Weber, Ben Wallace, and Marcus Camby are those on the ballot who have been nominated multiple times. My question, I saw this a lot on the internet today, Mike. Is Sean Marion actually a Hall of Famer? Am I being rude here by thinking that's ridiculous? I thought he was going to get in for sure. I think he deserves it. I don't know if he'll get in, but I feel like the NBA or basketball hall of fame, it's not the NBA hall of fame. It's kind of bigger than like the other hall of fames. They let guys who are on the margins get in pretty often. Yeah. But usually for like being in Europe, right. Or being overseas, <laughs> being in college, like I like, look, no, Sean Marion was a really good player, but Chauncey Billups has always been my line. I don't think Chauncey Billups is a hall of famer. So if you come in below him to me, I'm not a, like, that's not a hall of fame player to me. Um, Chauncey Billups is kind of my, I guess my Mendoza line there. I don't know if that's the right way of putting it, but, um, but like to me, like Sean Marion's below Chauncey Billups. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't put him in, but I guess it's not my decision anyway. So it doesn't matter. I kind of feel like Sean Marion's above the Chauncey line. I might really? take him over Chauncey. Yeah. Really? Oh, I don't I'll know, give, man. I'll, I'll give extra points because he's on those fun Suns teams, but he was really ahead of his time. Like he was a really dynamic player, offensively, defensively. I don't know, Chauncey. I, he hit some big shots, and that's his nickname, and they won the title and all that. But I, I'd rather have Sean Marion's career. Oh, I'd rather have Chauncey Billups. I'd take the big shots, the title, and the Finals MVP. But uh, we'll see if the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame uh, for basketball ends up taking either of them. 
All right, Mike, let's play a game since we have a, a light night of basketball. I want to play a quick game with you called fraud or foe. So I'm going to give you a team and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you fraud or foe based on what we think this team can do. Not just, are they good or not good, but are they title contenders or not title contenders? So after losing, after being embarrassed, Mike, by the Milwaukee bucks, after the Milwaukee bucks took the crown away and put the crown on Giannis's head, Lakers fraud or foe for title contention. This is where I start selling, right? Like just totally get rid of all the Lakers stock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fake, fake triple double LeBron James. No, I mean, oh, they're fake for real. Double. <laughs> I mean, they're for real. Like you got LeBron, you got Anthony Davis. They could probably use like another guy somewhere along the line to help them out. But how can you say anything else? Okay. What about the fraudulent, potentially fraudulent Clippers? I don't want to lead you anywhere here, but Clippers just blow a fourth quarter, blow a huge lead, blow the fourth quarter, get destroyed at the end of the game to a Houston Rockets team on the Clippers home floor. I got to ask you, Mike Clippers fraud or foe. I feel like they're not treating you right in LA with the way that you're talking about both LA teams. <laughs> I, I, I think they're still legit. I know crazy. Call me crazy after one loss, but uh, yeah, there's, they're still in it. Okay. Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic out for a couple of weeks. Now, are they fraud or foe? I, I thought they were fraud even before Luke got out. Like that's oh. a team that lost to the Knicks twice. Yeah, that's, Knicks yeah, that's a twice. great point. Yeah, you saw them on their worst nights. You can't win it. You can't be you know considered a title contender if you lose to the Knicks twice at home too. I mean, come on. All right, the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic has been really good over the last six, seven games. So the Nuggets, best one of the best defensive teams in the league this year. Struggled offensively, but for title contention, fraud or foe? I'm still in on the Nuggets. I mean, their defense has really come around this year, I think, to a way I didn't completely expect. Now, if they can just get Jokic right and Jamal Murray in that offense and everything's clicking there, it's weird to have that's a bigger question mark at this point. All right. The Utah Jazz have won four straight. Now they've been ugly games and been against terrible competition, but it looks like the Jazz have righted things, even though Mike Conley is out. So let me ask you on the Jazz, fraud or foe? No, I'm out on the Jazz. They're frauds right now. Wow. That, that's not a title contending team. All right. The Raptors, who have no one healthy at this point, fraud or foe? I, they have no one healthy. Who are they going <laughs> to play? Like bring back Vince Carter and Damon Stoudemire in those old jerseys? Ooh. Actually, I, that's I not know. a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> all right. 76ers, fraud or foe? Uh, still foe. They're legit. They're still legit. Although they you know, have some weird stuff going on that they got to figure out. But they're legit. All right. all right. What about the team that just beat them? The Miami Heat, fraud or foe? I don't know. This is the team I can't quite figure out what uh, what level to put them in. Maybe you can help lead the way for me, Zach. I don't. I like the Heat. I I think they're just like maybe a player short, but they're just so good. You know, I'm going, I'm going foe. I like. Okay. I'm in on this team. I like them. I think they're good. I mean, if the Raptors are falling out, like I mean, is it crazy to say that the the Heat could be the second best team in the in the East? I don't think yeah, so. I think they're up there. I think they're in contention. All right, the Boston Celtics. Fraud or foe? I'm going to say legit foe. I, I think they're in it. I think they're so deep and they've got that, all those wing players and Kemba is uh, better fit than Kyrie was last year. I, I can see this team getting to the final somehow. All right. Then the last one, the hottest team in basketball, your New York Knicks, fraud or foe? <laughs> I'm going to say Mike Miller is a new Jeff Van Gundy. It's, there it's it is. true. There it is. And if you remember that Jeff Van Gundy team went to the finals. So there you go. It's, I mean, let's book the trip right now, Rob. We're going <laughs> to book the trip right now to New York for the finals. 
All right, let's get to the rest of the games from Thursday night. Jazz 111, Hawks 106. Mentioned the Jazz in that fraud or foe segment. They win their fourth straight game. No Mike Conley. Obviously, still no John Collins. He's almost back from that suspension. We had a duel between Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 30 points on 12 of 22 shooting, five rebounds, five assists. Young had 30 points on nine of 28 shooting. Not, not as great shooting, but had eight assists, five rebounds. Rudy Gobert had a pretty dominant game inside, 20 points on nine shots. He was 10 of 19 from the free throw line, 13 rebounds, three blocks. Joe Ingles with 14, seven and five. Boyan Bogdanovich had 16 points. Uh, even Emmanuel Moutier had 10 points in 19, 19 minutes off the bench uh, for the Hawks. Trey Young just didn't get much help. Jabari Parker, big game off the bench, 23 points, nine rebounds, five assists. But the other players didn't do much. Kevin Herter had 17. But this is the sixth straight loss for the Atlanta Hawks and uh, the Jazz. Red hot right now, almost as hot as the New York Knicks. And then the other game of the night, the Spurs, 118, Nets, 105 in San Antonio. Another Nets injury, some bad news out of that. Uh, David Nwaba uh, left the game after playing 16 minutes. He uh, apparently has suffered a torn Achilles and will undergo surgery Friday, according to Shamstrania of the athletic big game for Spencer Dinwiddie, 41 points, a career high 14 of 29 from the field, five assists, but it wasn't enough. Patty Mills, 27 points, eight of 14 from the field, seven of 10 from deep. Mike, he had as many threes in this game as the nets. He hit seven, the nets hit seven, except the problem is the nets shot a lot more than Patty did. They were 19% from deep in this game. Jared Allen had 19 points, 13 rebounds, six assists. The Spurs have been so bad. Mike, is this an excusable loss? Even with all the injuries for the nets? (sighs) No, I, I think the Spurs are just, they're a mess right now. And the Nets probably should have at least made it a closer game. I mean, Spencer did, we drop in 41 and you have Jared Allen, like he's held 19 and 13 and six, like they should, they should win this game. They should be, uh, this is something they need to have to stay in that Eastern conference playoff race. Absolutely. All right, let's go to line of the night. We got some good ones. Donovan Mitchell, 35 and five. Giannis, 34, 11 and seven. Paul George had 34, nine, three, two and two in the loss. Anthony Davis, 36 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. Uh, Russell Westbrook, 40, 10 and five. Spencer Dinwiddie, 41 and five, as we mentioned. But Mike, who gets your line of the night? I'm going to give it to Giannis, the King Slayer, crowning himself the new king. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to give it to Giannis because I think he fake beat up Robin Lopez in their little, their little wrestling thing before games now. And, and Robin Lopez is a big dude. Only mascots really mess with him. So I'm going to give it to Giannis just for the wrestling match, just for the, the, uh, the WWE style where he took the crown, not from LeBron James, but from Robin Lopez before the game. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, we got back-to-back, No Dunks, Tampering, House of Strauss, all the good team uh, shows. You can sign up for those. You can follow on the app. You get notifications for the new episodes. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash dings. Give yourself a gift. Give a friend a gift. Get a family member a gift. The best coverage you can read about the red-hot New York Knicks and all of their stability that they have now bought and and brought in around Mike Miller, their new coach. Not that Mike Miller, different one. And you can read all that coverage from Mike Borkenoff right here. Thanks for waking up with us. Go finish that uh, that Christmas shopping. Go finish that holiday shopping. Go caroling. Go, uh, you know, light the menorah. Whatever you do, however you celebrate the holidays, go do that. Have a safe weekend. And Mike, hit me with that sign up. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.